Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and with me tonight is... I am Ben Young. Andrew's back. And tonight we are talking about the 2013 film Under the Skin. Under the Skin was written and directed by Jonathan Glazer and based on the book Under the Skin by Michael Faber. Under the Skin stars Scarlett Johansson. Nice. Music <laughs> by Mika Levy. <laughs> um, which, uh, honestly, the music was phenomenal, but we'll get to that later. Um, the budget was a whopping 8 million pounds, and for those of you who are civilized, that is $13.3 million. <laughs> the box office, as any good sci-fi film should be, was less than that. It was seven point three million. I so, had not heard about this movie until I saw it on the calendar. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, before we get into that kind of detail, Ben, can you tell me what Under the Skin was about? An alien arrives on Earth to stalk and hunt men, but soon realizes she has more in common with humanity than it first seemed. Under the skin. Yeah, just saved uh, saved the whole audience about an hour and 45 minutes. That's yeah. interesting you say Crushed that. It. <clears throat> Can you elaborate on that? Well, this is gonna be a good one, I think, guys. I'm excited for this one now. I uh, okay, so I I, I did watch it uh, early this morning. Actually, I'm trying to watch things earlier now, so I have my day still, so that like it's not like, you know, it, you know, I don't grind my day to a halt to watch a movie because I'm a very busy man, as you all know. Haven't been here for a while. Uh, did not use my time off productively, by the way, for anyone curious. Uh, I watched it. This movie has been on my radar for a long time, uh, ever since I saw a trailer for it when it was coming out. And it's, you know, one of those movies that I didn't make it out to a theater to check out, which bummed me a little bit because I thought it looked really interesting. The trailer, you know, this was back when A24 wasn't a household movie snob, movie snob name, you know, A24 was still someone or still a company that was like okay that's that's clearly some art house bullshit uh but i thought the the trailers were um were really visually appealing and i've been i've ever since we've started going the long haul on this podcast i'm like okay well at some point we're gonna fit this in and i finally did and i watched it and i was like well i feel bad for putting this on the schedule because I was like, this is just, I was bored. I was really bored for a lot of it, which I thought was a little lame. And it's only now as I sit down and and really start to get my thinking cap on about it that I realize actually, like, I, th- I think I liked the movie. I like the movie now more than I did when it was over. So I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you said I saved the audience an hour and 40 minutes. I think if the audience doesn't want to watch it, they're dumb. Well, <clears throat> so... <laughs> In a way, uh, we'll get into this. Um, The first, like, third 
of the movie is literally just scenes of Scarlett Johansson driving around in an unmarked van around a uh, urban Scotland. So, I mean, she's clearly in Glasgow, Edinburgh. I think just maybe just Edinburgh. Um, she's driving around trying to pick up men walking on the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you, you can tell she has a, uh, a sort of, uh, I guess, checklist to go off. And one of them being, you know, do you have a family? If they don't have a family, if they live by themselves, then she abducts them mm-hmm. with her feminine wiles. Uh, I guess prior to this, we do see uh, her putting on another woman's clothes in the back of a van that a biker supplied for her. The so, biker thing um, is interesting. It's fun. Uh, so I actually was looking at a little bit of a synopsis because I watched the whole movie and I'm like, Either I didn't miss something and there wasn't anything, or I missed something. Apparently, um, that woman from the beginning who gets put in the van was also um, a Scarlett Johansson type alien. I didn't. That, I don't know if I confirmed? got that. There's, there's. You can't get it. I think you. I think you would have had to have read the book. Ah, mm. uh, because so, uh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. That kind of implies the end of the movie when Scarlett Johansson is kind of like getting away from that life and trying to figure out, you know, what what is human, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's too soon. But uh, or maybe it's too big of what she was doing. She was just going somewhere. Um, but maybe that was another alien that tried to do the same thing and ends up getting replaced by ScarJo. Yeah. So, yeah, what happens is um, the way I heard it explained was that the other woman um, was on on the same kind of mission to seduce men and um, process them through this, like, inky, weird liquid and get rid of, get rid of all their meaty inside bits or whatever <laughs> on that weird conveyor belt. And um, she got too attached to uh, humanity, and that's sort of the same thing that Scarlett Johansson was uh, falling into as well. Especially, um, it, everything kind of changes when um, she picks up the deformed man mm-hmm. and uh, lets him go. Which, by the way, I just want to point out that that was not prosthetic. Yep, that mm-hmm. is what that man actually looks like. That's yeah, that's rough. He is. He's um, worked in TV before, well, and, and I, they actually. They actually changed the script based on, like, he was like, he gave, um, I, I don't know if I, I'd say the word pointers, but he gave details about how a woman like her would be able to, like, seduce him. Because I feel like when when you do look like that, it I, I, one of the things I was thinking of in that scene is, like, he's not going to trust her. Like, right. when you look like that your whole life and this beautiful woman is showing interest in you, you're not going to be like, yeah, let's go. You're like, no, what's the gag here? Ooh, yeah. Are you going to take me to some party or something? With or... candid camera. Right. Like, and so, like, he actually gave, uh, he's like, things that a woman like her would say to me would actually get me to think she is legit. Like, her his, his hands, she comments on her his hands. Mm-hmm. That's something that he had said, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's it's um, sorry. I, I just want to say, and then it's it's like you, that that comment about someone's hands. 
that feels it feels so genuine it feels so real too you know like mm -hmm. you you don't you you, you don't think when you're trying to trick someone you don't think of commenting on their hands you're right. like you're gonna be like no i i think your face is interesting i think i really like it i think it's different like that 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 would strike me as like trying to trick him but no she she doesn't she she recognizes that you know his face is his face is his face no, but she's interested in his hands. He has really pretty hands. That's really a, a really beautiful statement. Hey, absolutely. I thought it was an interesting scene, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, prior to that scene, I, I will say, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we saw like 93.2% more Scottish penis than uh, we needed to. I don't know about that. I don't know about. Well, here's the thing: if you're gonna if you're gonna finally take Scarlett Johansson's clothes off on screen, you you got to pay the price. Well, I'm gonna. Well, yes, I. Well, <laughs> we're gonna talk about that later. Um, maybe it's I, we saw like 93 percent too much erect Scottish penis. How about that? <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's what it was. I don't know, but it makes sense given the characters were lusting after. Uh, they're abductee mm -hmm. or abductor sorry they are the abductee yes. the abductor um prior to that moment so i guess you can't avoid it but uh, i don't know Anyways. yeah i mean i think it's i think the nudity in this film is um tasteful throughout it I, makes I sense contextually exactly there's never a point where it feels like you know we're finally getting Scarlett Johansson's shirt off. Yeah, it's like no, this is uh, this is the the character. This is the world that we've built, and and the nudity is is part of the story. It it more than part of the story. It's part of the visuals. It's part of the visceral aesthetic of seduction and the the uh, assault that Scarlett Johansson's character, um, the woman, I believe her name is, uh, the the assault that she the female. She's not a woman. She's a female. Um, she is uh, the assault she's committing on these men. That's like the nudity is a huge part of it. So it's interesting. We, we, uh, we're focusing on the nudity right now. Is I actually read a quote. And this is where I regret not saving things. I'll try to plug it in later if I can. But um Someone brought up the fact that when we, we see her nudity, this is right after ScarJo like blew up in Hollywood. I think I know the quote you're talking about because I had seen it too. And uh, he brings it up though that there was nothing sexually attractive about ScarJo in that moment. Um, it was you're talking about Noah Gattel in The Atlantic. He says. You would think the first nude scene by a Hollywood star whose body has been yep. subject of such intense scrutiny would be big news, but the way the film frames it, with Johansson having removed almost all of her personality from the character, it doesn't play as even remotely sexual, and the scene, remarkably, barely attracted any hype. Yeah. Um, and he's absolutely right. Absolutely right. There's a... Uh, there, there, you, you, you go on... You know, Pornhub, and you're gonna you you could find nude scenes of celebrities all over that site. I you know you'll see like Anne Hathaway in uh what was the movie? You know what the movie was? I forget what the movie is. I don't know, Les Mis. No, it's um, it's something. <laughs> that's something. not the right movie, but 
something about drugs or something. Okay. Um, Train spying. Like this. <laughs> but like, you won't see any of the clips from under the skin on on any Pornhub. Right. Right. Well, it's. I mean, especially if you've seen the movie up to that point, she really is so dehumanized. She's not a human. She's not a human at all. You don't accept her as a human. So yeah, it, very true. That quote that you read, spot on. Well, that's um, the quote that you found. I just read it yes. for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. No. Thank um, you. Aside from that, Thank you. Um, another thing where I will say that, like that first third of the movie, I, I just feel like it might have gone on a little too long. Well, you know, all that was like unscripted and uh, I, 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 I realized it pretty early on. I'm like, this this isn't like these aren't actors. I, well, no. at, at first I'm sitting there wondering, I'm like, these aren't actors. This is a weird thing that's happening right now. And then I was watching it. I rented it on Amazon and I, I they have it where you're like you um, it's the Amazon X-ray. So like yeah. it tells you who's in the scene. And it was like so and so as himself. And at first, I was like, "Oh, maybe this is like a production assistant or something." And then it kept happening, and I'm like, "Oh no, she's literally just driving around Scotland, picking up dudes, seeing what she can get for this movie." And I think I don't know. I thought this was really. I thought it was really creative. I thought it, maybe it went on for like. Um, if it went on too long, it went on for like five minutes too long. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, that was cool, and apparently, uh, a lot of times nobody was recognizing Scarlett Johansson. Like, she was able to just, like, do these kind of things, and they didn't know it was Scar Jo. Yeah, and well... It shows what a good wig will do for you. Um, a good wig, and the fact that she's in Scotland, her... It's dark, her mm-hmm. bangs cover most of her face. Most uh, people have probably never seen a Lost in Translation and, in and also, And also, you just you kind of think in your head, is this Scar Jo? That's not Scar Jo. Why would Scar Jo be driving this white vans right around you know oh, come on that's not her but uh another uh, thing i wanted to mention was the movie also felt really long because there was a lot of scenes there's a lot of uh shots specifically that lasted just like five seconds too long mm-hmm. I, it was like you don't need to do this and i think it all comes back to is <clears throat> the majority of glazer's work has been in music videos and commercials. And I don't think he's had the opportunity to really let something breathe like this. And I think he let it breathe a little too long at times. This was his first, I think, uh, feature length film. Aside from this, it was all commercials and music videos. And interestingly enough, he kind of just went back to doing commercials and uh, music videos. That's his... That's his money maker. That's his bread and bread. Uh, he has done a few like shorts, but feature length films hasn't really been doing too many of those. Mm. That's a that's definitely a fair criticism. I think, um, like I said, I I still stand that many parts of the film, as much as I've like grown to enjoy it now, um, I think many many parts of the film were a little boring and. Uh, it was it was difficult, especially toward the end. It was difficult for myself to keep myself inter- invested in it. I found myself going to my phone often, which was you know something I, I when I realized I was what I was doing, I would try and stop, and I'd be like, oh my god, I've gotta watch this. Um, 
I will say that, because um, I also kind of looked up about the book, not a whole lot, but I just want to see a few things, mainly the author. And it, it did say in a description that this book, Under the Skin, was written in, meaning where he wrote it, and inspired by the uh, Scottish Highlands. And you could tell they were really enjoying their time filming in the Highlands. Yeah. All, the shots all looked great, you know, but I feel like maybe they should have focused more on that and told more of the story when she got to the Highlands, done more scenes there and not waste as much time of her, I guess, driving around urban areas trying to pick up guys. I feel like that just that still does drag down way too long. So, And I mean, that may be the tourist in us to be like, well, the city isn't the Highlands, you know, like, you know, maybe bat maybe over there, they considered the city as much part of the Highlands as the actual, the nature part of it all, you know, but, mm. but I, I, uh, I do agree because my favorite scene in the film, the most haunting scene in the film. And honestly, one of the most more haunting scenes I've seen in a while was everything that happened at the, uh, at the ocean side. Yeah, it was one of the most fucked up scenes of all time. Very fucked up. Uh, when she um, she's seducing this swimmer, uh, Norwegian guy. Norwegian guy who comes out of the surf. She's asking if there's any. <laughs> he is not Norwegian. I'm pretty sure he said he was from like Czechoslovakia. Or oh something. no, you're right. Oh, yeah, He's Czech Republic. Yeah, that's close to Norway. Eh, all the same. <laughs> oh, oh, honey. Um, <laughs> more countries checked off our boxes. Um, and, and while they're having this conversation, while she's trying to work her magic, uh, he notices that, uh, some woman has begun drowning and her husband has begun chasing after her in the surf and he goes after and he's saving the husband because there is a baby sitting on the shore and he realizes he's like, that woman's gone. He's going to save the first person he can get to. You could tell this dude's a swimmer. You could tell he's a lifeguard of some sort, probably, because he's that's the protocol. You save the first person you can get to. And if you can get out there, you save the next person. But he comes back. He wipes out hard, and the husband has not. And the husband goes back out there to try and get his wife. Um, and uh, the female takes this opportunity to whap the swimmer with a rock <laughs> and drag him off and the whole time this baby is crying and i think this scene is a real turning point as well for the female because she uh you could tell it resonates with her as the motorcyclist comes back to clean up the scene the baby's still there we learned that the husband never came back out of the surf he must have drowned with his wife you could tell with those rocks there's no way he was coming back out of it and the tide is coming in and it was the baby just keeps crying and then it cuts to the female and the baby's still crying but now it's a baby next to her and you could tell that's on her mind and i thought that scene was just a brilliant piece of work to illustrate this this alien being filled you know this uh, uh, this undoubted predator that's what she is she is a predator and she is filled with regret over doing, not even killing her prey. She doesn't care about her prey. She killed her prey and abandoned, I, I guess, what she would consider helpless creatures. And I think that's like, she doesn't regret 
killing the swimmer, I think. She regrets not helping when she could have. And that's the true, I think, hu human awakening in her. That's how uh, I read I, it, at least. There's no, nothing... I, there's nothing You're, that ever like illustrates that word for word. It's all about how you read it. It's all about how you understand the scenes that you're given. No, I I, I think you're you're onto something there. I think that that is the first moment where she's really starting to. I don't want to say question, but yeah, basically question what she's doing. Um, and then obviously when she picks up the uh, gentleman that um, has the deformities. That just adds on to it. She, you know, she sees herself in the mirror, and I love that scene where um, the motorcycle motorcyclist is looking in the mirror that she looked in. Like, I want to know, like, what, ah. I think it's her eyes. You think it's her eyes? There's an there's a lot of sim uh, symbology early on on the eye when she's kind of forming, quote unquote. Um, mm -hmm. I noticed it very early, like the first shot I was like with the lens flare, I was like, that looks like an eye. And then eventually it did build to an actual eye. And I was like, oh, hey, I got it. So I, I think it was that they can tell that there's some sort of malfunction in them by looking at her eyes because he even looks down at her at a certain point. He's looking under her hair. And the only place you'd really look if you're looking under someone's hair is at their eyes. And I think that's what it is. He's checking her to make sure that she's not compromised in any way. That's fair. I could dig that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you want me to keep going? Well, do you have anything else to say? I mean, I got some. I, I have a lot <laughs> to say about this movie. Yeah. Honestly, no, no. Keep going, man. Jump, jump where you want to. I, there's, there is a lot to say for sure. The more I think about this movie, the more it kind of unravels for me. And I think it's... I, I think one of the more interesting moments is the end, honestly, um, because it kind of ties it back to um, the suffering of, of a minority, um, minority gender orientation, in this on this planet the final suffering that this alien who becomes human experiences uh i i it hit me suddenly like five ten minutes before we we got on to record i was like oh my god i was like that whole scene the whole at the end of the film she encounters uh a, a, a lumberjack basically he's I a, guess? Logger. a logger yeah. a logger a logger yeah i was like yeah. what's the right word um, she encounters a logger in the hills um, as she's running away from a man that she, I believe she she believes she's putting in danger, and um, she encounters this this logger who informs her that there's a place to stay, and she sleeps and she awakens to him trying to rape her. Uh, another haunting and horrifying scene as she's trying to escape this dude. He catches up with her, and he's he's nearly successful when he actually rips off her skin and sees something underneath. And at the time, I guess I was just bored at the time, so I wasn't really thinking at all. But now, later on down the road, I'm like, this is this is clear metaphor for uh for a trans for a transgender assault, basically. You know the the whole the whole rape scene. 
um, followed by the reveal of what's actually underneath. And he goes to get a can of gasoline and sets her on fire, which is something that actually happened in the news, not just back in 2013, but even up to now. And I thought that oh, that's when it clicked for me. I was like, I was like, this movie takes her along a path of being a predatorial male as a female all the way to a transgender victim at the end. Uh, kind of showing her the every nasty bit of humanity, and yet she still sympathizes with it. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, actually, that last sentence when you said it is it's her being a predator, which is very common to being male. Mm-hmm. You know, just, well, most human societies. Um, but ends up her being a female at the end. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying there. Wow. I, that didn't even cross my mind. It, it, you know, like I said, it didn't hit me either. And and I was kind of skimming some things. I wasn't, I, I try not to read any analyses on this because I don't want to walk in with like someone else's opinion, you know? You know, that's not, we're not here to regurgitate others' opinions. But I was skimming some things and I saw, I saw uh, themes and gender. That's, those were the words that hit me. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Well, yeah, yeah. Gender was, yeah, gender was a big part of this entire film. I've actually read some stuff and, it has a lot to do with gender and sexuality, for sure. So, so that alone, I mean, that alone, the movie has really elevated for me at the end of the day. I, I, I enjoyed it, but was bored by it early on, and I, I really am like, maybe maybe I really need to watch this again. Um, I, I think we're all in agreement that, well, it wasn't like bad. The first third of the movie was just a little way too drawn out. So Sure, sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that that is the biggest flaw of the movie, in my opinion. But uh, Andrew, do you have um, do you have a, a thesis you think that this film was about, or or just any thoughts? Yeah, yeah any thoughts um, in general? You know, it's from from what I've read and the analyses that I was kind of you know skimming over. Um, they talk about a lot a lot about the underlying um sort of human condition you know if we're if we're not you know looking at this uh from like a gender studies perspective or whatever whatever um you know we're, we're looking at this purely as a science fiction movie it's that you know this this extraterrestrial being is sort of she's going yeah she starts out as a predator is just predatorily you know picking up these guys and they're interested in her physical features on the outside. And, you know, she's, she's got a job to do. And, um, you know, after she, you know, meets up with that, uh, the man with the deformities, she sort of realizes, you know, that's kind of, I, I think that's what the real turning point was where it's like, you know, Oh, I've got this helpless guy, you know, trapped like this fly that can't escape out. And, uh, you know, his, his whole life has been nothing but a uh, misery. You know, she, uh, she sees the guy selling flowers and realizes that there's blood on it. And he's selling these flowers, these beautiful flowers, even though it's actually causing him physical pain. And she's realizing, you know, she falls flat on her face and all of these people 
are just willing to help pick her up and put her back on her feet, see if she's all right, kind of kind of attend to her. And there, you know, she's realizing that there's more to humanity than uh, just surface level. There's truly something under the skin. Oh, he said uh, it. I got it. <laughs> um, there's truly something under the skin. And then she kind of, it goes even more when she's kind of, kind of meets the guy on the bus and um, he takes her home and they're going through this, you know, old castle and stuff. It's like, she's, she's really, you know, she's watching this comedy show with him and she's really tapping, tapping her, you know, fingers along with music. And eventually, you know, they, they try to uh, make love instead of just this primal sexual urge that was going on with all of her other previous victims. But she has no idea what this entails because she's not human. She doesn't know what it is. It kind of freaks her out, kind of really jars her. Um, and there's just, there's a lot more to humanity, I think, than what she was sort of anticipating. Um, and then it kind of, yeah, the, the guy at the end uh, sort of turns the tables on her. He becomes the predator, uh, as it were. And then after, you know, he he rips off, you know, part of her skin and, you know, she's, you know, taking off the rest of the, the Scarlett Johansson, the, the human skin costume. And you get to see the creature underneath. You get to see the, you know, it, it it's, you know, in a, in a way, beautiful kind of it's it's. In its own way, I mean, this is an extraterrestrial creature, you know, nobody had ever seen one. Presumably nobody had seen one before, and this guy's first instinct is to douse it with gas and set it on fire. You it's know. a very, very human reaction, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess if I were to see something, you know, that was just, that to my mind was completely repellent, you know, I think that's why so many creature or so many uh, characters in H.P. Uh, Lovecraft stories go nuts when they sort of see a Cthulhu monster or you know, a, a Shoggoth or something um, is because your brain doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. You know, you see something that's completely, you know, outside of the realm of your own knowledge and it's just repellent. So, you know, you've got your, your fight or flight response is probably screaming at that point. But uh, I think this, yeah. I think this dude also felt, felt threatened, right? Like, well, yeah. I, I feel like he, he suddenly realized like, Oh shit. This is not mm -hmm. a woman. That's a thing. I, I, I need to, I need to destroy it because that might yeah. kill me now. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like he's. I think that was, uh, you know, that comes back to that human, very human response, like Colin said. It, it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I've, he uh, had the thought. I'm not gonna fuck a thing. I'm not gonna <laughs> let people know I fuck the thing. <laughs> right. Was, that's uh, a that Scottish. Sounded, right? That sounded more French, honestly. <laughs> wait, wait. You were doing a Scottish accent there. I was trying to. <laughs> that sounded I'm, like uh, I'm 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 also, or, uh, sorry I'm a uh, German and Irish. It sounded so. like the logger as played by Luke Bissell. <laughs> I I, uh, I do I do like, early on every time like <laughs> every time these Scotsmen would like say something, Caroline would just look. She's like, "What the fuck did they even just say?" I'm just like. Uh -huh. No for one the, knows. For the no first time in in a long time. I had to turn on subtitles for a Great Britain set film, uh, or and, and close to rather, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I always watch things with subtitles, so I didn't really have that problem. I usually, but don't. then I can also just understand when people are saying words. 
and all those years of of Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and and eventually Game of Thrones. Like I, I feel like I don't need I never ne needed subtitles for anything British or Irish or anything. But this was real. This was you know these were people saying things, and it reminded me a lot of The Wire. You know, like I I don't I don't I don't watch The Wire with subtitles. I need to make that clear to everyone. But um. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just need you to know. I'm I need shots you to fired know. at the wire, I guess. No, the wire is incredible. Um, but but P there's a joke about people who watch the wire with subtitles. Um, it's it's a white people joke. Um, anyway, I uh, I this was the first time I had to turn on subtitles because I was like, what the fuck are they saying to her when she was asking them for for directions and stuff? They're like, oh yeah, go down the. Kind of believe the dude. Yeah, go down the roundabout and put the thing, and you go to the left, and the guy. Like, no, I'm going to Tesco. I'm like, was there any important information in that? Because I'm, I'm in trouble if there was. I got to turn on subtitles. <laughs> I, f I feel like this is a Robin Williams skit. He makes fun of the Scottish. <laughs> he makes fun of the Scottish accent. I uh, all I learned, the big thing I learned in this movie is that if I'm ever going to Scotland, I'm in trouble. That's the big mm -hmm. thing. I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> You're in Scotland now, Sonny. <laughs> no, if they talk like that, we're good. I can get them that. I can yeah. get that. That's not how they were talking. Yeah, I think it just depends on, uh, I guess, the day of the week, really. My ancestors. I don't know how, I don't know how Scottish accents work. Um, my, McKinnon, my McKinnon clan are going to be very mad at me for this podcast episode. My own... As they say, when in Rome, I don't, um, <laughs> eat haggis. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to track over to the score real quick. Ooh, yeah. Um, Mika Levy absolutely crushed it. I, I cannot say it enough. Um, in fact, I never realized it, but I have a playlist of just like sci-fi music that I listen to. This is one of the more recognizable songs is uh, during the uh, the scene where the she's oh, no, where she's um, Scarjo's character. She's sinking them into the water. No, right? no, no, no. Oh, when okay. she's uh, Sorry. when she's about to have the intimate moment with the guy that was helping her up in the highlands. Oh, okay. And then that whole like scene, that mute, that song. I've heard it a million times. A million times. It's like whenever I have to like work on my computer doing something, I listen to that playlist. I need to listen to that one. And I never like knew what movie it was from. That's happened a few times on this podcast where I'm like watching a movie and it's like that scene with uh, um, Leonardo DiCaprio with the beer and the cigarette. I'm just like pointing at the screen like, that's it. That's the fucking song. I know that song. So I just had that tonight. It's always a fun experience. But uh, I really yeah. loved how a lot of the music is in rhythm with uh, with ScarJo. And I don't know if this was intentional or not. This this very well may have just been a thing that just kind of happened. But <clears throat> uh, as the, there's that one song she has during the seduction, uh, whenever she's sinking someone into the into the water and it's always rhythmic to her movements and to the walking side of a point. There's the guy dancing, which I just thought was a fantastic, fantastic touch from John Glazer. I was like, it was like, that's all him. He's like, you gotta be dancing here. It's like, all right, yeah, totally. Um, the rhythm continues to get off 
as as she continues to do this as she moves along throughout it it's not it's not ever like really really off but it's which is why i think it might be intentional it's always like uh either either rushing or dragging like it'll be like boom step rather than boom step you know what i'm saying so like I, I I I'd like to think that that was an intentional choice from the composer because it's a it's a really great uh, tool to show that she is she is becoming out of sync with the system. She's becoming out of sync with her priorities. Mm -hmm. You also noticed that um, they were playing uh, her song when the logger was trying to rape her in the woods. Oh, I didn't notice Ooh, that. Oh, I didn't mm. notice that. That's interesting. Yeah, the predator That's has nasty. become the prey. And, and really, like going back to your whole thing, Miller, about like the human condition, there it's it's sad, but and, and I think I, I touched on this a little bit, so I don't want to repeat myself, but it's sad that like that's the completion of her human experience right like she's experienced power she's experienced love her, her the last she's experienced comedy and music her last thing she needs to experience to fully understand humanity is pain and becoming a victim and it's so sad but it's 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 the truth at the end of the day that she wouldn't have really gotten it without that experience. And you could tell as she as she rips off her face and this black statuesque form is underneath staring back mm -hmm. at a human, you know, you could t there's a realization there at the end of it. And that realization is comes too late, you know. She she fully I feel like I truly feel that before the end of it all, she understands completely everything humanity goes through every day. And that's all. That's what it took. The final piece of the puzzle was being hunted. Mm -hmm. The fear hunted. and the pain and the mm -hmm. uncertainty that comes with, you know, the the more unfortunate side of human life. You know, a lot of us are fortunate enough to not have, uh, not be hunted or, or you know, be in a position to, you know, be be attacked or or you know, chased after. Or something like that but a lot of us i think experience pain in different ways of you know i mean we're uh you know this we're recording this right now during covid and you know so many people are just terrified to even leave their houses just with all of this going on and um yeah i mean it's it's part of the human condition you know there's there's joy there's pain there's you know it, it's it's like that uh, that hippie song says a time to mourn a time to sow a time to, all that shit you know, um, yeah I mean it's the human the human condition is a uh, you know it's it's not very specific it's you know a lot of different things all at once. Absolutely, I really like um, one of my favorite films is a film that I get a lot of shit for liking among like my. I don't know, my writers and director friends and stuff like that, which is uh, Boyhood. I love Boyhood. Did, have any of you two seen it? No. no. Uh, I recommend it. You at least try it. I think it's it's definitely an acquired taste. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Uh, this movie reminds me a lot of it upon retrospect. Uh, it's this, you know, it's very, Boyhood is very much about a child learning how to be a person. And I think that that's what this movie is too. I, th I think uh, Under the Skin is about 
uh, a child learning how to become a person. She has a very base instinct. She has kind of a few ideas of what she needs to do. And by the end of it, she uh, it's a coming of age story, really, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really do want to watch this again the more we talk about it as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I agree. I think at some point I will sit down to watch this again. Might be a little while, but sure. uh, yeah, no, you you definitely uh, need some breathing room from it. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but no. Um, honestly, I think this is a perfect point because you guys are really getting there <laughs> uh, multiple times. But uh, I want to go uh, into good good sci fi, bad sci fi at this point because I do feel like this is the perfect point. I'm good with that. To do so. Yeah. And if you have any uh, final thoughts, feel free to do it during your bit. So we're going to start with you, Ben. I think it's surprisingly uh, at 11 a.m. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed that I'd be saying this, but I think it's fantastic sci-fi. I, I've always said that the best sci-fi uses its genre to make me feel human. And I think that's what this movie really did. Uh, even even going as far as as boring me a little bit, but you know, just because the movie has some technical faults does not mean you know, fantastic sci-fi, good film. I you know, it, it's you see the disparity and you understand, I'm sure, but it uses its genre so well to examine the human condition, like Miller said, and I think because of that, any self-respecting sci-fi fan should at least give it a try. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Ben. Andrew? Just a quick comment. Yeah, it's part of the human condition to be bored. Think about how many times you're bored when you're not watching a movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're waiting in true. line at the DMV, you know, you're, you know, waiting for uh, your DoorDash to show up or whatever. Um, no, uh, it's it's an interesting movie. Um, I, I There's just something with the pacing that I really couldn't get into, like, you know that the whole yeah the whole first act probably could have been shorter for me um there's some interesting parts like i i can't remember any of the just interstitial shots or um what you might uh you might call uh the liminal the liminal shots where um it's you're on, you're you're watching cars go down a street or you're looking out of a window or something like that um but the big set pieces uh, are all really interesting, and um, I, I think it does have a message about the human condition um, that's really interesting. So it's good, good sci-fi with maybe with maybe some pacing issues at the beginning. All right, thank you. Um, I'm going to give you an example of a shot. It's when uh, they just got off the bus. And she's going to his home. They're going to stop at the grocery store and stuff. And you're just looking out over this Scottish village. Um, you're seeing them walk up a street from like half a mile away. And it went on for like 20 seconds. And I'm like, why are we still watching this? Mm -hmm. Why are we still watching this? Why are we still watching this? Uh, that's just a number, one of many scenes like that. But um, uh, so when it all comes down to it, it's always my uh, one of my like, um, things that I need to check off my list is is there an exploration of what it means to be human and it it is on a very basic level a very basic level um, she's like Ben pointed out before she's experienced all these little 
facets of what it means to be human at different times. And I, I agree with him there. I think it was it was good. I would say this is good sci-fi. Um, there were flaws to the movie, but not it being sci-fi. Like I think it was it was good sci-fi. Well mm-hmm. done. And actually, I kind of want to read the book now. Yeah, same. I'm really interested to see where that goes because most of the book, I think, takes place in the Highlands and not like that whole first act. I don't think is there, to be honest. Yeah, so, it, would, it would definitely be interesting to compare. They definitely scaled down the movie and made it more simpler from what I heard, from what I read. So that, that's interesting. I kind of want to read the book now. But overall, thought it was good. I enjoyed the experience. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad that we talked about it. Well, folks, there you have it. That is our take on uh, Under the Skin. There's your Tyler. There's your f- fucking format. There, there it is. It's organized. It's better. It's better. There it is. Um, but uh, no, seriously, I, I enjoyed this. This was a good one. Yeah, I think so. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited for next week. Next week, we should be doing some diving into the Pedro Pascal realm again. Love him. Well, we can say we is can that next week. Get them, get them ready to watch it. Get them ready to watch it. Okay. Yeah, well, is it pro- like, uh, prospect. prospect? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Prospect. Oh, is Pedro Pascal in that? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he's he's one of the Yeah. Um. So yeah, prospect. A lot of Pedro coming up. Starring Pedro Pascal. Yes, we're. Gonna, <laughs> when we get an actor, we like to do a lot of them at once. <laughs> I uh, look at man, it. I oh. can't wait to watch him in some in something good. It's, it's yeah. going to be exciting. Oh, God, I hate you. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, revisiting stars, after that, we're going to be hitting more Pedro Pascal and coming back to Katie Sackoff. Yeah. Hey. I, just, uh, I just caught up today. Nice. Huzzah. All right. Well, folks, there you have it. Until next time. <laughs>